Hi, listeners, and welcome to My Holland Update. I'm Marianne Manderfield, Public Information Coordinator for the city, and today our guest is Dave Coster, General Manager for Holland Board of Public Works. Welcome, Dave. Hi, Marianne. Great to be with you today. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us. Always happy to. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, today we're going to be talking about Holland City Fiber, which is the educational initiative that informs people about what will be on the August ballot, and that's specifically for Holland City residents. But take us through a little bit of background of Holland City Fiber and how that came about. Sure. Well, you know, the Holland Board of Public Works has been actually offering broadband or fiber optic services for about 30 years now. Um, And uh, this really came about first primarily offering it for our own services of electric, water, and wastewater. We were supporting our own utilities with telecommunications infrastructure. And over the years, we leveraged that infrastructure to offer it to very large businesses um, Mm -hmm. and coordinating with internet service providers. Uh, some of the major manufacturers in town, but we also connected up some of our key institutions. Some city buildings are connected on our fiber. Sure. Uh, hospitals, uh, libraries are connected, um, and that was something that we did over time, and there's been this interest uh, really throughout the community on how can we make this more universally available? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we get it to business, small businesses, to residents, and really kind of make Holland connected with this whole fiber optic network in our community? And so that became a priority for city council a few years ago. Sure. And uh, actually just before the pandemic actually hit, we had launched a, um, a pilot program in our downtown between 7th Street and 9th. Okay. And between Garrettson, which is where the chamber, uh, West Coast Chamber building is, okay. all the way to where the Civic Center is on the other side. So that whole stretch. Yeah, that whole area. We okay. actually uh, developed a program there where we offered what's called a shared gigabit system. Um, And that's a fiber optic network that is much more cost effective to deploy for residential and small business. And we want to do a pilot there to see how well it would be received and, um, you know, how it would go in terms of deploying it and really understanding the costs of doing that. And we did that over a couple of year period of time and we saw very positive response. Um, We have a number of residents and businesses that are now hooked up in that area to that system. And uh, overall, just a generally very uh, positive feedback that we've received. City Council is aware of that pilot and our BPW board as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's an encouragement from City Council to say, let's explore how we can make this more, again, widely available throughout the entire community. And so the city manager and I, over the last uh, couple of years now, have engaged uh, um, the community in lots of different ways Mm -hmm. uh, with the assistance of a task force that we also um, had along with us. And we reached out. You know, we wanted to hear what was on people's minds as it relates to broadband and fiber optic and the concept of the city actually owning infrastructure. Okay. And so we engaged about nine or ten different key constituency groups in our community. We talked to educators. Um, we talked to small business, the entrepreneurial sector that's out there, uh, people that are serving not-for-profit entities. Um, okay. We talked to... Um, Oh, people that are servicing the elderly population in our community. Okay. Just really try to canvas every every possible service provider sure. to understand how they use uh, fiber optic broadband or how they use broadband today, mm-hmm. you know, internet services and other types of uh, telecommunication services. 
how that might be enhanced if we were able to uh, bring fiber optic infrastructure to them and really increase the capabilities of that system and to offer choices on uh, different services that could be provided to them. You know, how they saw that actually playing out in the future. And all of them gave us very positive uh, feedback that they thought an initiative where the community would be able to control um, the uh, development of that infrastructure in a way that they could determine, you know, how capable it should be, you know, how it should be, you know, how good its performance should be, uh, would be a positive impact to mm-hmm. growing those kind of services in the city of Holland. And they also encouraged us to reach out more broadly to the entire community. And so we did. We engaged the Frost uh, Center for uh, Research right. mm-hmm. and uh, at Hope College, and they helped us with a community-wide survey. And we asked a lot of questions about, you know, how they're currently using people and businesses, both residents and businesses, mm-hmm. you know, how they're using broadband today. You know, again, some of these concepts around uh, a community investment in fiber optic infrastructure and sure. whether or not that would be a good thing to make sure that we could have fiber optic universally available to all. And we learned a lot, you know, from mm-hmm. that survey. The survey came back, and there were really three big takeaways there. Okay. Um, one, and one that I think we sort of knew, and obviously the pandemic sort of reinforced it even more, was that you know fiber optic tele- telecommunication type services are really on the same level as electric, water, and wastewater. They are a essential service. Absolutely. They are not just a nice to have. They're, right. they're a must to have. Right. You know, and so uh, that is something where. Uh, that was a very clear message coming from uh, those that responded to that. Matter of fact, um, you know, over 70% of the respondents felt okay. very, str- you know, they agreed or strongly agreed with that sort of uh, statement. So by far the majority. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Right. And so, I mean, very few. When you look at the uh, disagreement or, sure. or strongly disagree, it was a very, very small uh, mm-hmm. number of uh, people that responded that way. Then another question was asked as well was, you know, would a community investment really enhance the services and capabilities of the community? Mm-hmm. And again, there, you know, the, the respondents were overwhelmingly majority of those as well. Matter of fact, 72% felt that a community investment would be important to help the community uh, advance different services and improve okay. the performance of our community as a whole. And, that, and then the third question that we asked them, was you know whether or not they felt like a community level of investment. So somebody where everybody's participating mm-hmm. in an investment in our community to right. ensure that access could be uh, brought to everyone right. in the community that could be for universally all. available. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, would that be um, a good approach for our community to to take on? And there, sixty five percent of the respondents okay. either agreed or strongly agreed with that statement. So those three questions really gave us a good direction in terms of developing a model, you know, for us to to bring to our city council. And so from there, uh, the task force and the staff really worked with consultants uh, to define what the cost of the build out would be, and then how we might look at, you know, paying for that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the concept that was brought forward and ultimately uh, uh, city council earlier this year uh, you know, voted to, to put right. this question in front of us uh, on August 2 was, you know, for the community to decide, you know, whether or not they, they felt like a millage, mm-hmm. um, a millage uh, to support a bond that would be issued to fund the roughly $24 million investment that it would take 
to run fiber optic infrastructure past every house and past every business in the community, you know, whether or not that millage is something that our community would support. Mm-hmm. And so now uh, that model has been put forward to city council. Again, they put that on, uh, they agreed to uh, put that on the ballots, uh, sent that to both the Allegan and Ottawa County clerks. And so on August okay. 2, the city of Holland residents will yes. have a choice to decide you know, whether or not they want to be able to approve that millage so that we can have that universally fiber optics uh, available to the entire community. So really quite a bit of work, a lot of work has gone into developing this initiative. Yeah, this is, matter, you know. yeah it's really, uh, there's a lot of work over many, many years, so yes. that even back to 2016, okay. you know, before the pilot in our downtown sure. was done, we actually looked at a system-wide deployment at that time too and this concept of a a millage um, or a community level investment was part of that analysis at that time as well just it took a lot more uh, exploration Mm -hmm. over the last few years a lot of community engagement a lot of feedback received and then a lot of refining you know of what Mm -hmm. the cost structure would be and how that would uh, you know be funded in the last few years and like you said, BPW's got the experience from that pilot program. Absolutely. They, you know, yeah, so it's, it's been, yeah, you know, our downtown, again, uh, I don't think we've lost a single customer after we have um, uh, put fiber optic, uh, hooked them up with fiber optic services in that, in that pilot area. If we have, it's been because of somebody re, um, locating to another sure. area and, and just kind of moving out of the area. But otherwise, we've heard very, very positive responses from the people who are being served by well, that and network. That- that speaks volumes for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I think another thing that we learned from people during the engagement was that they want choices. You know, they want choices Mm -hmm. in uh, the kind of services that they could get. And so what's being proposed here is something where it would actually be an open access network. So, you know, what the Explain that a little bit for our listeners. Yeah, maybe maybe people don't really kind of, the concept or the analogy that we have used, uh, and I think it's really helped in some of the presentations that we've done with the community is kind of thinking about our highway system today mm-hmm. or our roads, right? Um, you know, you may go out and, and procure a package that you want to have delivered to your home, and, and it might be UPS that, that brings that, or maybe it's Amazon, or maybe it's the United States Postal System, or DHL, or a number of different carriers could actually bring that product to your home. Well, they don't all build their own roads to bring it to you, right? I mean, they right. use one common highway system, one common road network in our community. Mm-hmm. And it's the community that funds that road. It's the community that right. funds that infrastructure. And then what it does is it opens up commerce. It opens up opportunities for a number of different providers to provide their services across it. That's exactly the same concept that we're looking at here. We want to build an open access network so that the city funds the infrastructure, the the fiber optic network, and then we invite a number of different providers to use it. Matter of fact, we do that today with those larger businesses that I talked about. We actually have six partner internet service providers that actually operate on our system today to serve some of those larger businesses. So it's inviting competition. It is. It invites competition. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, um, today, I think the business model that's out there where the incumbents are providing their own networks and they're the only ones to use that actually can be a limiting factor to encouraging competition because sure. it's harder to overbuild on top of where those incumbents right. are. But if a community 
gets together and says, we want to make this investment because number one, we want to make sure that it's available to all. Number two, we want to make sure that the performance of this system is as good as it could possibly be. Absolutely. And then three, because we want to bring choices, mm-hmm. this is the way to do that is to build that open access network so that you can actually have you know, all these different options coming to the table and probably be used in ways that we're not even thinking about today because the capability of that is so good. And just continue to grow. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So there's three components, if you will, onto this. There's the pass, the drop, and the connection. Correct. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Can you the, well kind of, the pass, the drop, and then I would call it the service. The I service think. itself. Yeah. The service okay. itself. Yeah. So what can you kind of break those three different components down? Absolutely. Sure. For and us. again, try to give it a little bit of analogy here in a way that our listening audience maybe can understand sure. it a little bit too. Is you know when I talk about the twenty-four million dollar investment, that is for the passes, and we okay. call the passes the lines that go past every house and mm-hmm. every business so you can kind of see passes i'm going past every house every every business it's like the streets it's like in front of your house there's a street that's running down there um or maybe it's a water distribution line that's mm-hmm. going past your house okay you know, that is that is that 24 million dollar investment that would be funded through the bond and supported by a millage if, okay. the, if everybody if votes for pass. that mm-hmm. exactly then the drop is from the street or from your back lot, wherever that fiber line is running, okay. to your house. So that, that that's the actual physical connection from that distribution line into your house. And okay. so, again, if you use the road analogy, it would be like your driveway um, okay. would be the drop. If you use a water line analogy, it would be like the service line from sure. the road to your actual meter alongside your house. That is something where each and every homeowner and business in our community will have an option to decide. Do okay. they want to actually have that physical drop constructed to their home? Okay. And if they do, um, we've estimated that cost of around $800 um, in, in its total cost, about $820. And um, so what we've said is we would allow for that to be either paid up front if you want. You can okay. pay it all at one time. Or we would actually recover that as part of the cost of the service that's being provided over a period of 10 years. Okay. You know, so we could actually spread that out so it's a minimal impact you know, on your sure. actual monthly service uh, bill. Then, then the last piece of it is the actual services that you're uh, getting. And those services could come from a number of different providers. You know, again, we're going to have an open access system, um, and we're going to encourage a lot of internet service providers mm-hmm. and other content providers to come and use that system. But um, just as we've done in our downtown where we did the pilot, the BPW has also been an internet service provider there. Mm-hmm. And so we put some numbers together based upon the cost of operating and providing one gigabit. Um, symmetrical internet service and one gigabit is like a thousand megabits per second upstream and downstream it's ultra fast that is fast and and we're actually actually designing the system so that it would actually be 10 gig capable Um, but our base offering would be um, a 1000 megabit or a gigabit upstream and downstream symmetrical offering and they we figure the cost of that is about 35 dollars a month so if you if you look at that cost connected with your drop to your house recovered over 10 years okay. you're looking at a service bill of 42 dollars a month 
for that gigabit service. Okay. Really, really good. Very uh, good. <laughs> gives you access to great. a lot of great stuff. Um, uh-huh. And then on top of that, you can, you know, we hope that certain, certain internet service providers might offer channel lineups, let's say, or other types of services. But even if they don't, um, the internet service that you receive will give you access to a lot of things that are over the top services. We know sure. that today. Hulu and YouTube TV and Sling TV and Direct TV streaming. Your phone, right? Your phone. Right. I mean, there, there's a lot of different oh, okay. ways. But but even on on top of the internet, um, there are providers that actually provide cha- uh, channel lineups within there, so you can okay. stream regular sure. TV, mm-hmm. you know, across the internet through those kind of providers. There's phone services like Uma. Um, that is across right. the internet that you can subscribe to if you want to package different things together. Again, this really opens up choices for people, not mm-hmm. only in the internet services that internet service providers that could be using the system, but also in terms of what you actually go out and pick that you want to actually receive in terms sure. of various content and services across that system. So super fast. Super fast. Room to grow. Room to grow, absolutely. At a very affordable cost. Absolutely, very affordable, and and I think that's the other piece of it too. The federal uh, government has um, you know put some assistance money in mm-hmm. place for those that are income qualified. Sure. You know, there's a thirty dollar a month um, uh, you know relief essentially that comes off from an internet bill, and so that's for those a great that are, point to yeah bring exactly. Up. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at you know a thirty five dollar a month and a seven dollar drop recovery. You know, you're looking at $42 a month for gigabit, 1,000 megabits per second. You're talking about being able to take that if you're income qualified and reduce mm-hmm. that number either down to 5 or $12 a month if you include the drop on top of that. A really, really cost-effective solution sure. to make sure that you have access to... You know, the, the world that gives that the Internet right. provides, you know, in terms of uh, knowledge growth that happens, access to education, you know, access to different types of content that you don't otherwise have. Right. Healthcare, uh, and all of that. Absolutely. <laughs> Just the number of different services that are going to grow and expand. And, and this world of streaming services as sure. well. I mean, it's, it's evolving every day, and you're getting more and more providers that are providing different types and, um, you know, uh, tailored you know, type of content mm-hmm. and services to meet the changing needs, you know, of the of the community and of, of people really around throughout the country. And so uh, that is something that we think that our system is going to be able to provide a number of choices to give people. And uh, it's one of the key things that they were looking for. Well, and before the, you all were doing this work, before the pandemic, and I think the general public, if they weren't thinking of it before, certainly is thinking of it now of how much we all need access yeah, many to people, the internet right. and what we do in our daily lives that yeah. requires that access. Oh, absolutely. And, and <clears> you <throat> may have found yourself in a situation where you're um, on video conferencing during the day and, mm-hmm. you know, kids are trying to do distance learning, you know, at home. Uh, and and then there's other needs that are going on. You know, your your house is getting smarter as well. You right. know, there are different appliances that are, you know, being connected to internet and other types of features that are happening. As you mentioned, right. telehealth, telehealth. You know, those type really of really evolving. I, exactly. And so the idea of having reliable, mm-hmm. you know, connection as well as something that can handle the kind of upload speeds as well. I mean, you're moving data, right. you know, especially in a business environment, you're moving data into the, the internet. Um, it's not just about your download speed. It's not always about, you know, streaming a movie or something right. like that. Right. You know, sometimes you have to push information back. And so this concept of symmetrical, you know, high speed connectivity 
is really essential to where the future is, is heading as, as well. Right. More people working from home. You've got somebody working from home. You may have a couple kids trying to access education. Absolutely. So the needs are needs are growing needs and are it's growing not going to turn time. around. It's only going to get more. So if somebody wants more information, where can they find that yeah, on the so initiative? We, well, the initiative, right. So um, what we've done is we've tried to uh, create information throughout this process and, and we have a dedicated website now. It's houndcityfiber.com. Okay. And houndcityfiber.com is a resource where you can read about the community's vision around you know the open access network mm-hmm. concept. Uh, you can find out more about the actual millage proposal. You know what is behind that, and who does it affect? Um, you know what would I expect if I actually uh, voted yes for it, um, and it actually passed, and, mm-hmm. and things started happening from that point forward. You know what's the timeline? You know associated with that, and what is our timeline? Well, we're, what we're looking at. So is, if it was to pass, yeah. In August. So on August two, let's say there's a, a positive vote. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of preliminary engineering, but we really have to gear up and do the final engineering engineering at that point. We've mm-hmm. got to go out and and uh, obtain services to be able to um, get all the detail, fine detail done. And we'll do that over the winter of okay. this next year so that we can get into the selection of a contractor to do the actual installation work and commissioning. And that would start in the summer of 23. Okay. And then we would actually have probably a two to three year deployment uh, to do okay. that. There's about 14,000 uh, individual passings, as we call them. So if you okay. look at the, the passes and mm-hmm. how many different homes and businesses we're dealing with, about 14,000 in, in our community. And so it takes a couple of years, you sure, know, to get passed sure. everywhere, to do all the work and either undergrounding some of the services mm-hmm. or following the pole lines that we're at uh, to do that work. And so, um, you know, that's the kind of timeline okay. that somebody could expect. And there'll be, you know, it's not... You know, there'll be people that'll be passed earlier than others. And right. it just is the way that the deployment plan will right. go. And those people will be eligible to start getting their drops to their home and start getting some services. So it won't be for everybody, you know, two right. to three years until, but it'll take that long to get past to get everybody. Everybody, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sure. Well, thank you, Dave. Um, HollandCityFiber.com, wealth of information there. Lots of, I mean, lots of information. There's videos, graphs, um, all kinds of information yeah. that somebody. Cost breakdowns. Exactly. I think there's a calculator on that website right. as well. Have, if you have your home value, mm-hmm. you can put in that. Uh, there's a way of calculating what your millage obligation would be. Right. And again, if you look at the language of the millage, you know we're talking about funding a bond. The anticipated uh, first year cost is a, a millage of 1.5, and I think the average over the um, uh, the years that uh, the bond would be eligible is somewhere around like 1.12 mills. Okay. Uh, again, the, the language of that is is in that that website as well. So it's a declining situation mm-hmm. over time. Sure. You know, you see that millage you know dropping off uh, over time as the bond needs go down. So there's right. nothing else that millage would fund. Okay. You know, other than the servicing Good of that know. bond. Everything else is really within the election of somebody that is deciding to receive service, and those are through the rates that you would okay. pay for that, that service, that Internet service, you know, whether it's from the BPW or whether it's from another mm-hmm. um, I- Internet service provider that's actually using our network. So Opening that's a place to find all of that information, hollandcityfiber.com. hollandcityfiber.com, August 2nd is the vote. Yes, yeah, so please uh, go out and uh, you know look at HollandCityFiber.com. We want everybody to as, be as informed as possible yes. when going to the ballot box here okay. on August 2. So 
any questions that you have, you know, refer there. Obviously, you can reach out to us at the city or the Holland BPW, mm-hmm. too, if you have other questions. Uh, we do have a frequently asked questions page on uh, yes. our HollandCityFiber.com, but if you have other questions, we'll continue to update that and supplement it so that we get the best information out to everybody. Great. Well, thank you, Dave. This has been a wealth of information, as always, from you. Appreciate your time again t- today. And until next time, this has been My Holland Update. Mm-hmm.